Human trafficking is one of the largest growing criminal enterprises in the world today. And whether you know it or not, as a healthcare professional, you have probably encountered a victim of human trafficking at least once in your practice. So what can we do about it? This very special two-part episode of the Keyword Podcast will try to help us answer that very question. So without further ado, here is the second half of the Keyword Podcast's episode on human trafficking. Welcome to the Keyword, a podcast about the tips, trends, and taboos of emergency nursing, where we pull the hospital curtain back on issues that emergency nurses and their patients often think about but seldom talk about. So if you think that you have a, if you have identified two or three of these red flags or one, and you think you might have a patient that fits into this category, how would you go about approaching them? What would your next step? If you think, you know, I think room six might be someone who's in a human trafficking scenario. What now, what do I do? There are different ways to approach a possible victim. What I've encountered mostly online is that you want to consider your safety and the safety of your victim first. So if the minder in the room feels threatening to you or to your patients, look at your hospital resources, find your hospital safety officer. This is more in your wheelhouse, but I know that there's police on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, Let them know what's going on. Go to your charge nurse. Tell them that you've got these concerns. A lot of the advice that I came across assumes that there's a minder in the room, and that seems to be a very prevalent problem with human trafficking. They're not going to be left alone. Mm-hmm. So if you can't get them alone, that's a very big red flag. But there are different ways that you can go about trying to get them alone. First of all, you can just say right off the bat that it's protocol to talk to patients alone, mm-hmm. especially if they're over 18, right? You get to, you get to pull that adult card. Mm-hmm. that they have the right to be to speak to Tim Malone and that for FERPA, PERPA, WERPA reasons, <laughs> you need to speak to them alone. Yeah, nurses are good at um, figuring out ways to get people out of the room. Exactly. I, if you say that for ERPA reasons, this needs to happen and the minder leaves, you know, for, you know, for a fact that I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's right. um, try to order a diagnostic study, mm-hmm. like an x-ray, even if you're not x-raying them say that you've ordered up an x-ray and that you need the minder to leave the room for their own safety right okay because it's going to be flooded with gamma rays and they're going to turn into the incredible hulk if they don't leave okay Mm -hmm. you're not going to offer them a lead vest or order a urine sample and take that person to the bathroom Mm -hmm. okay three very simple ways to try to get them alone get them out of the room if you have to if you can't get the minder out of the room but Mm -hmm. somehow get between you and them If they disclose that they've been traded for sex or labor for a place to live or for food or for anything, do not react with disgust. This is a fact of their life. If you react with uh, horror, disgust, judgment, it may shut them down. You may gain nothing out of them after that. Sure. Because again, as we've said, a lot of them don't even realize that they're living in a life that they're being controlled. If your reaction to that tips them off that somehow they're doing something or they're caught in something nefarious or something wrong, it may reinforce their fears and their anxieties and their paranoias that have been imprinted on them by their captors. So try to keep a straight face. Remember your job is to be there to care for them, whatever they throw at you. Mm -hmm. 
your goal at this point, especially over 18 for them, doesn't necessarily need to be that you get them to admit, come weeping out and say, oh my God, I'm being trafficked. Somebody help me. That is very likely not going to happen. So instead of trying to get them to tell you something, to force the individual to say yes or no to, are you being trafficked, coming out with a straight up question, um, try to offer a different open door. Instead of saying, I think you might be in this situation, point to a hypothetical third person and use them as a straw man to bring your victim to a place where they can perhaps help themselves take advantage of these um, situations. Yeah, that's now, very clever. It's a very clever way to do it. Um, and it might take a little practice. And I know that you guys will often do, um, will like sort of rehearse um, situations in the trauma bay. Um, we have that in, um, is the nurse-led ACLS episode where we talk about go ahead and practice it when things at the hospital are um, the opposite of QUIT or whatever the word is that we're not going to say. Um, go ahead and run this algorithm over and over again so that it's second nature when the time comes uh, for you to have to perform it. Try to do the same thing when um, you've got a few minutes with your teammates in the hospital. Um, one of you be the potential victim, one of you be the potential minder, one of you be the potential healthcare professional and play your roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're the minder, refuse to leave the room, mm-hmm. right? And try to give your coworkers the opportunity to experience what it's like to not be free to speak so that you can empathize with your patients that might be victims to see how hard a minder might work to not leave the room. Mm-hmm. And to be a healthcare professional, having to try to figure out different ways to identify your victim and give them an opportunity to help themselves. So this is something you might be able to tell me a little bit more about. Apparently, using trauma-informed care is an incredibly useful tool when dealing with one of these victims. Can you tell me a little bit more about trauma-informed care? And then we can talk about it in this context. Yeah. So when we're talking about trauma-informed care, it's different a different type of trauma than what we typically talk about on the Keyword Podcast. We're talking about psychological trauma. What you're doing is you're acknowledging that your patient has, you know, you, you yourself are recognizing that your patient has had a psychological trauma. And so you are, when you are assessing them, when you're providing interventions, especially physical ones, um, you are taking that into account. So you will explain things to them before you do them. You will say, I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder now, or I'm going to put this tourniquet on your arm now. Um, would you, would you mind if I, you know, fill in the blank? So you take a little bit more time to explain things. You, um, ask permission before you touch them. You're looking for reactions. You're maybe, um, anticipating them to um, react a little bit differently maybe than a patient who has not had a trauma, psychological trauma. Um, So give them a chance to say no, give them a chance to take a little bit of time if they need it. So that's what we mean when we say trauma-informed care. Uh, If the trauma was very recent, they may still be in fight or flight. They may still be processing it. They may be um, in a, in a shock state so that they haven't processed it, um, at all. So those are the kind of things that we're talking about with trauma informed care. What, what ways would you apply it to a trafficked patient? 
So in this case, some of the suggestions I saw were to um, bring yourself, like you would with a child, right? Bring yourself down to their level. Don't stand above them. Don't talk down to them. Come down to their level. Look them in the eye when you're talking to them. Um, that will help you see whether or not they their eyes are constantly shifting. Are they constantly looking for the door? If you think that they are, let them offer to keep the door open if it makes them more comfortable. Let them know if they are capable um, of getting up and leaving without doing more damage to them. Let them know that they are free to leave, um, that the door will stay open if, if they need it to, that it's not going to be locked, that they're not trapped in here. It's as if you have to handle them very delicately and be super sensitive to the fact that they may be a captive who has become uh, socialized to a situation wherein they are not in any control. And so as an authority figure that may for the moment take on those characteristics to them, your role should be to distance yourself as much as possible psychologically from the person who's controlling them. So that means ask them if they're okay. Let them know you're about to touch them um, if you need to touch them. Remind them that they're in a safe place, even if the minder is in the room, right? Remind them they're in a safe place. Treat them with incredible d delicacy and incredible respect in an effort to make them aware of the fact that you are there to help them. And if they're lucky, they will get the sense that you're there to help them with more than just their broken arm mm -hmm. or more than just the infection that you're treating, mm -hmm. but that you are cognizant of them as a complete full person that may not be in control of uh, their own lives at the moment. Um, and if you can't get them alone, you can still, at that moment, let them know. I think you can still use that third-party technique, even if their minder is in the room, if you can't get them alone. Um, you can certainly report them, and we will throw that up there. But like we said, there is a few resources that are officially mandated at the state or federal level um, to provide you with a clear path for what to do about somebody who's being trafficked. Right. Um, but educate yourself about your hospital's policies. Find out about your hospital partners, um, about the community centers that are nearby. I know you have patient advocates in your hospital for all of these right. situations. So you're in Georgia, but just for grins and actually the opposite of grins and giggles, just for informational sake, we looked up what the specifics were. Um, we found out that Atlanta is one of 14 U.S. cities with the highest rate of children used in prostitution. Yeah. Wow. So Atlanta is high risk because of the, the busiest airport in the world there um, would be for the smuggling, right? We've learned the term is smuggling. And then we have a major interstate that goes all the way up the eastern seaboard. So that's easy, easy movement for a lot of um, uh you know, drugs and human movement and all kinds of things. So Atlanta is a major hub for a lot of problematic things. Uh, it's one of the reasons why the Region 5 RTAC asked us to focus on this topic specifically. Um, so unfortunately, it is it is in our neighborhood. So my guess is if a nurse were to identify a person who was in a trafficking situation 
who did want help. Um, my guess is, at least in Georgia, Adult Protective Services would probably not get you very far. They're already overwhelmed. Um, when we report elder abuse, we often don't get a lot of results very quickly. Um, maybe a domestic, you know, like a women's shelter, if it's a female, which 75% chance that it would be. Um, I think maybe some of the resources that you have found that are specific to human trafficking might be the best bet. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some, it looks like some, some organizations and some safe houses that are specific to human trafficking. And I think that would be the the best bet because they are more familiar and with the, the problem and more familiar with how to help the victims. And so I think if it were me, that would be where I would go. That's the resource that I would go to. I would find a local or semi-local human trafficking shelter or advocacy group, and that's who I would report them to or put them in touch with. Your hospital should educate themselves and provide a list of those resources that are at the local level, the grassroots level. Um, For national information, um, healtrafficking.org is a huge resource that has a tremendous amount of information. Um, It's an excellent one. We will throw this up online. And what I'm wondering if Adult Protective Services could refer you to, you know, I, I wonder if they could, you know, then shoot you off to your, your, I mean, maybe they would, that's what they would do. Yeah. Connect you with the right, the right resource mm-hmm. for you. What about for our, because this is an international problem mm-hmm. and cro- it does cross borders, is there a worldwide organization? National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month was uh, started in... 2010. What month is it? January. A national day of human trafficking awareness is January 11th. The International Justice Mission combats global trafficking. There's also some other NGOs, the Urban Justice Center's Sex Workers Project, UNICEF, UNITAS.NGO, uh, is an excellent online resource uh, for um, international human trafficking. Okay. Uh, it has a very robust website um, with a lot of different categories to drill down on in terms of what human trafficking is, how big human trafficking is globally, a lot of infographics that might be helpful for you to put up in your break room, tells you about uh, infographics about the United States, how it happens, how to spot it, more about red flags and what to look for. There's a lot of good information. So we didn't want to reinvent the wheel with this episode because there is so much out here, but we're hoping that this provides you with a an overview of what to look for, um, what to try to do, and the fact that there are incredible resources out there for you as a healthcare provider and for your patients who may be um, stuck in this horrible situation that, um, frankly, is all of our responsibilities to help them get out of. Lisa, great job as an honorary nurse on such a such a tough topic, um, really important topic that spans way past what I had any idea. Um, uh, lots of things to consider and lots of patients to keep an eye out for and advocate for. Um, thanks for this really important information. You're welcome. 
Guys, if you have any questions, please drop us an email at thekeywordpodcast at gmail.com. And we will have a lot of this up on our website, which is thekeywordpodcast.com. We'll put a lot of these links up there for you. Um, But please bring this back to your hospitals. Talk to your hospital administration about this. Print out some of these infographics. um, Get your hands on the 10 red flags and the indicator cards. And, um, and let's help our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, um, and the people who come into our hospital avoid this horrible situation and see if we can't make a dent in human trafficking. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Until next time, Nisa, talk to you soon. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. Bye.